You're listening to Church Unplugged, the podcast of Christ Community Chapel. In each episode, we look at questions and topics that are related to our faith in Jesus and the way that it plays out in our everyday lives. In this episode, we talk about the question, what is tithing? So almost any time you go to church, you might find it strange that churches are often asking you for money. Uh, But the question is, where did that concept come from? And maybe there's a bigger discussion to be had about uh, how do we think about the resources that God has given us, whether it's our time, our money, or anything in between. Welcome into Church Unplugged. Welcome into Church Unplugged. I'm Jimmy Cozy, part of the leadership team here at Christ Community Chapel. Got with me today Joe Coffey, our lead pastor, and Zach Wyrock, who's another member of our leadership team. Our question today is, uh, what is tithing? So, uh, when you go to churches, very often they are asking for money at some point during their service. They take an offering. For somebody who's new to church, this can can seem very disingenuous or almost like a bait and switch. So why do churches ask for money? What is the concept of tithing? Where did it come from? And then how should we as followers of Jesus in the year 2019, 2020 think about tithing and money. Yeah, I think it's important in this conversation to separate what most people who grew up in the church think when they think of tithing, and then what the Bible actually says about tithing. And and so I'll just start with the first one. I think what most people think when they hear tithing is you give 10%. You give 10% of whatever you have, whatever you get, whatever comes in uh, to the church, that's God's percentage. And uh, it's interesting, that number does come from the Bible. There is Melchizedek, for example, uh, in the book of Genesis, uh, receives a tenth uh, from Abraham and blesses Abraham. Uh, that 10% is consistently, it reflects itself in the Old Testament especially. Uh, in the New Testament, however, there is no command or teaching by Jesus or the apostles that uh, believers give 10% of their income to the church. So if when you think tithing, you think give 10%, uh, that is not necessarily a New Testament concept. Yeah, I would add that uh, there is definitely a clear teaching in the New Testament that a, f- a follower of Jesus will be marked by generosity, but there is no numeric value stipulated. Well, I got two things. That one is for sure that uh, Christians are marked with generosity, and part of that is it goes back to why why does the Bible talk about giving money to God in the first place, you know? So you go back to worship and value and all that. The other thing is that I was going to ask Zach what he does. You know, Jesus does make a, uh, like a glancing um, tip of his hat to tithing when he tells the Pharisees, you tithe off your mint and dill, and you, but you disregard the oppression of the poor, and you should have done the greater things without disregarding the lesser things, right? Yeah, it's interesting, because I think what Jesus is picking up on there is my chief concern with those who hear 10% when they think of tithing. And again, because I think you could hear me say that somewhere. They, somewhere Pete they think McQuillan, checking the box. Yeah, somewhere Pete McQuillan, who runs our financial, is is writing me an email right now as he listens <laughs> to the podcast. Listen, you're going to—don't think I'm soft on, on giving. I, I'm a big believer in giving, and I want to get to that in a minute. But I think what Jesus is picking up on— is the problem with hearing 10% when you think of tithing is that many of us, especially the more affluent we get, can use that as a cop-out, right? right? So we just say, well, I give, I give 10%, and I'm not, I don't need to give anymore. I've done my part. Right. And I think Jesus is saying to the Pharisees in that example, like, okay, yeah, you check these boxes, 
But the whole point of giving to God is to say, God, I trust that you take care of me. So take what I have and use it to take care of others. And Jesus' point is you walk past the poor to give your tithe. What about them? They matter too. And so his point is, fellas, if you think 10% is all God wants, you're you're crazy. So again, uh, 10% is not what the New Testament has in mind when it has in mind tithing. But that doesn't mean that 10% is arbitrary or made up or an irrelevant number. Like I said, that number has rooting in the scriptures. And if a person says, that's where I'm going to start, that's my baseline, that's my because of that, I think that's fine. When the New Testament talks about giving, it has far tougher things to say. Right. Uh, beginning with, I think, the chief idea that everything that we have belongs to God. And that doesn't just, that's not just. Uh, theoretical. It means God can call upon us to give anything we have at any time, and we have to because it's His. And I think that's a good place to start, is saying not 10%, right. but 100% belongs to God. Now, the the kicker is, I remember years ago at another church, I was talking to a guy and um, where he didn't give anything, and I said to him, uh, well, Len, you, you know that... Um, that money belongs to God. And he goes, oh, yeah, all my money belongs to God. And I was going, okay, <laughs> there's a disconnect, because that's what can happen yeah. when, you know, I think uh, churches and pastors get queasy about not about moving away from the tithe, and I would agree. In the Old Testament, the tithe was probably, well, if you, if you add it all up, was more than 10%. But the temple, it was a theocracy. It included taxes. There was a lot more that the... That, that, the temple did with that money than a, a local church can do with the money that is provided through the giving of its members. But I want to be careful. Uh, you know, we always get queasy with not setting uh, an amount because our tendency is to be too attached. I always say that money is is stickier and sneakier than you think. Yeah. It's sticky because that's how you know the more people make. Uh, the smaller the percentage they give. Yeah. We've done studies on that. The reason is not because they need money more uh, than people who make less. The reason is because money is sticky. Uh, the more money you have, the more it sticks to you, the harder it is to discipline yourself to get rid of it. Well, and again, I think the difficulty, even as a pastor, is as you release people from this thinking that if I don't give 10%, I'm sinning, because the Bible says, thou must give 10%, right? Uh, it depends on who you think of. So I can think of two different people in the church. The first person says, oh, good, well, I'm only going to give five then, and we'll go on two vacations this summer, <laughs> right? right? And you, you want to say to that person, well, maybe you ought to just you ought to just give 10% because you, you if that 10% number is a check against your selfishness, your materialism, your, well, then it's not the worst thing in the world. It may not be a biblical requirement, but that doesn't mean it's a bad thing. But I also think of the single mother with three kids living on a, a, a fixed income, and I don't want her to think if she can't scrape out 10% that she's sinning before God. Right, because I just want to leave room for someone who says medical bills are swallowing me alive, and I'm barely avoiding bankruptcy. And to say to that person, you, you know, look, you can trust God, and I understand giving is connected to that. And I'm not saying you shouldn't give, and I'm not saying you can't trust God. I'm just saying that that's where a standard becomes almost uh, a burden, and that burden, God can put burdens on us. God can require things of us that are difficult. 
but we better make sure God's required it before we're putting it on someone. And I want to leave room for that. But if you're driving right now and you can't wait to get home because you're going to redo your budget and buy yourself something, then you should stick with that 10% because that's not what we're talking about in terms of motivation. Well, and I think that the whole motivation for giving should be, should be love. Right, should be affection. So if I said to a person uh, who is going to be a new parent, this is the amount of money that you should spend on your children, and I give them a percentage, and they end up having a child that requires a lot of medical bills and stuff, and they go, well, it's more than 10%. I love that analogy. I can't do that. But you would say the spirit behind that is take care of your child. Right, but there's no mother in the world, too, that wouldn't go, I will give any... All that I have. Love I mean, it. but I'm I'm working two jobs. Yeah. The heat is what I can give my child right now, yeah. and food. And right? we feel this as pastors because I think people's giving is directly tied to their level of investment in the church, right? It really is. It really is. I, you know, you give to the church because you're passionate about what the church is doing, because you're excited about the mission and what God is doing. And uh, and so my heart is always broken when somebody says, yeah, I don't give, or I give sporadically, or I give very little, because what I hear them saying is, I'm just not super invested in the mission of the church to make disciples, to reach lost people, to take the gospel to the nations. And I think that is where the conversation should turn for the Christian. Okay, everything I have belongs to God. And how much do I really value the kingdom of God advancing? How much am I really excited about God, about the gospel reaching lost people through the ministry of this church? Because the more excited you are and the more you believe in that mission, the easier it's going to be for you to support it financially. What about somebody who says, uh, I give my time but not my money? Yeah, I think uh, giving your time is a good analogy, is a good example or a good thing to do. But I think I'd flip it and say, if I use your kid analogy, <laughs> what about a mother who says, well, I play with my child, but they don't have any clothes. Right. 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 And you would say, that's a bad mother. And I would say, someone who says, oh, I'll, I'll show up and I'll volunteer. But I know that getting the gospel to that, to India Gospel League, or planting a church in a neighborhood in Northeast Ohio that doesn't have one, or whatever it may be, I know that takes money, but, but you can't have that. And I would say, well, you, you're halfway in. You're, you're kind of in. You're not all the way in. And so you could switch that to the person who writes a check but never that's volunteers, right? Yeah. And that's, says, that's the mother that yeah. buys the clothes but never plays with the child. Yeah, so. and it's funny. We want to be loved that way, right? So right. If, we, if we flip the analogy and say, think of ourselves as the child, not the parent, is what, what do we want in a parent? What we want in a parent is someone who loves us, spends time with us, and takes care of us. What we want in an employer is somebody who values us but also provides right, for the right. company. What we want in a spouse, you know, is someone who gives us their time and also works hard to pitch in and, and help the family flourish. In a similar way, then, uh, it should not surprise us that this is what God wants from His people, is that we would say to God, I'm excited about what you're doing. And that's really what we say when we give to our local church, we're saying to God, the church belongs to you, right? Jesus, this church is your bride, this church is your mission, you're the head, it's the body, I believe in what you're doing, I want to give my time, yes, but I also want to give my money. I think it even comes down to a discussion of we all have a lot of things beyond money that are are very valuable to us. Time is one of them, energy. Uh, and so what it— what I, what keeps coming to mind for me is is not withholding any of those things. Those all those all belong to God. So what you just said, Joe, reminded me of a conversation I had once with a dad of a student who was in our ministry, and he was essentially saying, 
I, you know, I do very well financially. And every month I cut a big check to the church, to these different organizations. uh, And it doesn't really impact me because I'm able to just kind of cut the check, forget it and go use my time elsewhere. And what he was saying was that what I was realizing is I uh, not only need to give financially, it's easy for me to give financially because I have a lot of money. What will cost me is is giving my time. So I need to give both of those things. I need to understand that that everything that I have is something that I have because God gave it to me. And generosity, yes, that means being financially generous. It also does mean being generous with time, being generous with uh, energy, being generous with other resources that you might have available Yeah, to you. It's, it's interesting. I think the buzzword here, too, that comes to my mind is rest. Because I think one of the things that is clear when you look at the Old Testament is that the reason why often God required things of Israel, be it the Sabbath, take a day off, be it the giving uh, that he required, was because Israel was saying to the nations around them, and think about that, I mean, what they're saying is, we know in an agrarian society, it does not make sense to take a day off. It would make more sense to work our land. We know in an economy, it makes more sense to keep 10%, not give 10%. But that only makes sense if your primary concern is providing for yourself. And I think some of us have to realize that what really scares us in giving is that we will have anxiety if we give because we feel we have to take care of ourselves. Giving is a tangible reminder. It really is. It's a tangible reminder that my hope is in the Lord. It's not in me. And when I give that money, what I'm saying is I'm willing to give this because I know the Lord takes care of me. I don't have to take care of myself. That even if this amount of money puts me in the red... Yeah. For this month or this week or whatever the case is. Yeah. And of course, I think our financial ministry would say, if that's true, you probably need to take a look at your budgeting practices and <laughs> yeah. and are you spending more than you're bringing in and those kinds of things. But yeah, I mean, I, I think, look, for some of us, giving is so linked to our spiritual growth because until we acknowledge that although we confess faith in Jesus, we ultimately trust in ourselves, we can't grow spiritually. We just can't. We'll wear the label of Christian, but we'll look like those who aren't Christians. The reason why God calls us to mark ourselves through baptism, through communion, through giving, is because God is saying to us, if you really want to draw close to me, dependency is where that happens. And what you'll find, listen, when you're dependent, here's what you believe. You believe that giving will make you anxious because you believe that you'll be dependent on someone who won't come through. And that does make you anxious. But when you believe that you're dependent on someone who will come through, you find rest. And that is what God wants for you. And I'll tell you this, too. I always think that um, any sacrifice, any when, I'm, when I am in love, uh, any sacrifice is a joy. Yeah. Right? I remember, um, and I've told this story before, when I was dating Karen and she was sick and I walked across the campus in freezing rain to give her uh, like a, a scoop of ice cream. Um, when I got there and she looked into my eyes, that's when I was thinking, I have her, right? And I thought I would do this so, a Joe, thousand just to be clear, times. Was this sacrifice or competitiveness? Yeah, this was <laughs> this was this was a, a great stroke of genius. But uh, my. Th- can we talk my, about ice cream and freezing rain? My the- point, yeah, I actually started out with two scoops, ended up with one by the time I was there because I ate it. But um, when my when I first went to work for a church, it happened to be my dad's church. 
and uh, my dad was a pastor, and I was getting paid, I think, $11,000. Um, and I went to my dad, and I said, so with the whole offering thing, uh, have I given at the office, you know, kind of? Yeah. And I remember him saying, no, because uh, there is there is joy in giving that you will never have unless you learn to give and learn to give now because the more you make, the harder it gets sometimes. And that was some of the best advice that I got when I was making as little as I've ever made and below poverty line. But part of it was that I, you, you, learn to, you learn to give to what you love always. So, And you are giving. I mean, I think Jesus would say, because Jesus Absolutely. says where your treasure right. is, there's your heart also. You are currently giving to what you love. And I know we don't think of that. He said, well, you don't know. My money's going to bills. Money's going to... Yeah, yeah. But a lot of times, if we're honest, our money's going to bills because we wanted stuff, right? right. And that stuff came with bills. <laughs> or because we prioritize and, providing for ourselves. Yeah, right. Whatever reason it may be, we give to what we love. But let me flip it for a second, because I also think here's a part of giving that uh, never gets brought up. You should give to the Lord. All the money belongs to Him. He's worth it. His kingdom is worth it. You should be excited about that. But I think as pastors, it's incumbent upon us also to get you excited about giving by pushing forward with a compelling vision, right? I think a lot of churches are on autopilot, and because when you're on autopilot, it's not exciting to give. Now, it should be. It's God's money. It's God's God's church. It's all that's true. But let's be honest. When there isn't a lot going on, you start to wonder, where is my money going? And if I give it, what difference will it make? And I hope at this church, we have an exciting vision, a compelling vision. We're trying to do big things that you that you want to give because you say, hey, I want that to happen. That thing that our pastors are aiming at, that thing. And, and I hope we're going to continue to drive forward in that way because, man, I want to aim big. I, mean, I really do. I, I want to, when at the end of my life, I want to look at Northeast Ohio and say, it's better than when we found it, right? We've done some amazing, amazing things. And uh, I hope you can find clear and compelling and exciting reasons to give to CCC without being told you're supposed to, if that makes sense. I, I think that's really important. You've been listening to Church Unplugged, the podcast of Christ Community Chapel. In each episode, we're going to look at topics and questions that are related to our faith in Jesus and to the way that it plays out in everyday life. We want your feedback. We want your suggestions. If you've got ideas or questions that you'd like to hear answered on the show, you can email us at churchunplugged at ccchapel.com. We would love to hear from you. Thanks for listening.